0: It's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. This is Up and to the Right for the 49th week of 2016. In this episode, we're going to discuss the statement of cash flow. Over the last two weeks, we've talked about the balance sheet and the income statement. The last of a three-part series on reading, understanding, and getting the most out of basic financial statements, this episode will cover what you, the small business owner, can get out of a statement of cash flow to improve your operation. Welcome to Up and to the Right, the no-nonsense podcast bringing you the art and science of business. No buzzwords and no hyped-up trends. Here we bridge the gap between your small business passion and sound business principles to transform your business into what you dreamt it would be when you started, or realize the potential that you see in it today. So in the news this week, um, first of all, uh, my apologies, I ran way too long last week and and I'm still focused on the 25-minute or so uh, time frame. And as I dial that in, I hope you'll bear with me. I'm eliminating the Freeform Thought of the Week segment uh, in the interests of both, both time and uh, focus. I want each episode to have, uh, be able to, to have laser focus on a specific topic. And I want to eliminate any distractions from that. So I'm pulling that segment out. And uh, lastly, there's an interesting promise coming out of the House Ways and Means Committee if you pay attention to politics, and uh, what they're talking about, the two things that are specifically interesting, I think, to small business owners is the elimination of what's called the death tax uh, that makes it very difficult for small business owners to pass a business on to their children or to another family member uh, because that creates a taxable event for that family member and if they don't have the money to pay the taxes there's no way that that business can be passed on to that that person um, without uh, creating financial hardship and so they're they're talking about maybe eliminating that um, could be interesting they're also discussing uh, the a concept of a, immediately expensing capital equipment and that comes into the it comes into play when you're buying fixed assets uh, uh, large equipment that lasts a long time durable goods and it'll be interesting to see how that uh, plays out uh, right now uh, if you buy a fixed asset you spread the co- you immediately pay for it so the cash is imme- is is gone out of your account but you don't expense it on your income statement all at once, you spread those payments out over time, over the lifetime of the of the uh, piece of equipment. And so if they tie that expense to the cash expenditure, so as soon as I buy something, I get to expense the entire amount, um, that certainly has tax consequences because it reduces our, our income uh, as, as a small business uh, by whatever the amount of that purchase was. Um, but it also doesn't tie the expense of, opera, of, of owning that piece of equipment over the actual lifetime of the, of the equipment. So it'll be interesting to see how that uh, debate goes. And um, it might be, if you're, uh, if you're interested in keeping track of some of that stuff, it might be worth watching. So the main topic today, as, I've, as I mentioned, is the statements of cash flow. And what we're going to cover is... Uh, what a statement of cash flow is, and and basically how to get value out of it. Uh, we're not going to cover again uh, from last week the, the history of double entry accounting or every interpretation that can be drawn from from a statement of cash flow. Uh, we're not going to do that, but the uh, uh, but we are going to go through it and and make sure that it, we look at it in an in an uncomplicated way. And we'll get past the lingo. There's definitely uh, terms. Uh, basically, there's three overall terms I think that really matter uh, that we're going to have to go through, and I'll explain each one of those as we as we come to them. Uh, so, if if you have a moment and you have access to your financial system, I would recommend getting all three financial statements: a balance sheet, and an income statement, and a statement of cash flows uh, from the same time period. So it at the end of, for example, this is uh, December now. So if you take your your end of month uh, reports from November, you should have uh, three comparable reports. And uh, it's also helpful to have the balance sheet from the month before. So if you take the, the balance sheet from November and the balance sheet from October, And I'll explain why that matters here in a few minutes. If you have those um, available, some of this will make more sense. You certainly don't need them in order to uh, listen to the podcast, but it might make more sense and you might get more out of it. Uh, Obviously, we prefer that you get your own uh, because it'll be more meaningful. Uh, But if you have to, uh, just go ahead and and, uh, download some from the web. The problem with downloading examples from from the web from a uh, publicly traded stock is they may have, uh, larger companies may have transaction types and, uh, and line items on each of these reports that as small business owners, we don't, we don't typically see. And so if I don't talk about something that you see on a report, uh, leave a comment in the show notes for this episode at, uh, beyond 50%.com slash 2016 W 49, or, um, or uh, send me an email, and I'd be happy to at least uh, provide you some uh, direction on where you might get some explanation on that, or uh, maybe I can explain why it it doesn't matter to you to your specific situation. So why do we even bother looking at the statement of cash flows? We have yet another report that we have to look at on some on some regular basis, and uh, you know I I just want to go back to. We, we really need to measure the things we want to take care of in our business. And the way we do that is through the traditional uh, three financial statements, the income statement, the balance sheet, and the statement of cash flow. And these numbers provide real insp- insight into the performance of your business um, that is objective. It's not colored by how we feel or what we think. Um, it's it's purely the analytical numbers, and it's very helpful in giving us some grounding and, and helping us run our, our business from a more objective viewpoint. So, what is a statement of cash flows anyway? Well, it ties the net income from the income statement to the changes in the balance in the cash balance on the balance sheet, and those changes happen from the cash balance from, from uh, uh, one month to the cash balance at the end of the next month. And it shows how cash moves through your business. And what you're going to see is three sections. So I've got one in front of me here, so you can have, uh, so that's the rustling of my paper that you're hearing. And the three sections are operating activities, investing activities, and financing activities. And we'll go through what to look for in each or what you'll see in each of these sections and how they tie to the other financial reports uh, one at a time. So operating activities are, as you might imagine, regular day-to-day transactions that are related to the operation of your business. Transactions that have to do with customers, sales to customers. Transactions that have to do with vendors. Buying uh, either buying retail merchandise to resell or buying raw materials to uh, manufacture. Uh, transactions related to employees, things that are normal in the course of your business, frequent, ongoing, regular, recurring transactions. Those are what we see in in the operating activities. When we talk about investing activities, these are less frequent transactions that don't, uh, for example, we don't buy an industrial oven or a dump truck every day. Um, These are infrequent things, and depending on your business, you may have these durable goods that you've paid for and uh, but you use in your business over a long period of time, and uh, as I mentioned before, we call those fixed assets, and so it's important to, to understand that because we don't expense them all at once, the cash is already out of our account, but the expense has been is being uh, parsed out over time. So when we look at the, at the effect of so what that means is that the income statement, again, is not accurately displaying the uh, actual cash, which we don't expect it to because that's not the job of the income statement. And But we are going to see that change in cash on the balance sheet. At least you're going to see that change in cash on the balance sheet in the month that you bought uh, the, the fixed asset. And so we have to correct for that on the statement of cash flows if we want an accurate representation of how cash moved through the business. So financing activities are, uh, again, they're even more rare than, uh, than our, um, they're usually more rare than our investing activities. They're infrequent events involving long-term debt and company ownership. And so this is, uh, where we account for the sale or repurchase of company stock. And that doesn't happen very frequently, usually only if you have partners or other stockholders involved with your company. Um, and similarly, business loans have entries on this in this area because they're not part of normal business oper- operations and they're not related to fixed assets. So those are the things. And, and so we reconcile the impact of, of these financing transactions on the statements of cash flow. So you may see other entries uh, specific to your business that um, I didn't I didn't cover up there, but uh, in general, that's that's what you're going to find. You're going to find uh, operating activities, investing activities, and financing activities. And they're just we're just trying to reconcile the impact on cash that is not reflected on our other two statements, okay? So let me give you some examples. Uh, and, and these are gonna be, I'm just gonna do a few. There are several, uh, there are, well, there are many transactions that might occur on a statement of cash flow, but I, I wanna give you an idea of why some of these happen. So if you, if you allow customers to purchase on credit, uh, now you can immediately see that you have made the sale, you've given the customer the product, but you have not collected your cash because you've allowed them to purchase on credit. Let's say you're going to allow them to pay in 30 days, which is pretty standard in a lot of industries. So now you've got the sale and that sale shows up on the income statement as revenue, as a sale. But your cash is not going to show up because you haven't collected the cash. The customer hasn't paid you yet. So you can see immediately that the income statement now has a discrepancy between, between cash and revenue. So what we do about that is we take the, the, if you look at your balance sheet and go to your accounts receivable section, now you're gonna need last month and this month, okay? And if you take the accounts receivable balance from this month and subtract the account balance from last month for accounts receivable, you're gonna have a difference. So let's say that we had a $10,000 accounts receivable at the end of uh, November and we had an $8,000 accounts receivable balance at the end of October. The difference, that $2,000 is the change in the cash that that account had on our business, which means that the on the statement of cash flow, you're going to see a $2,000 entry for accounts receivable. And... Uh, the assumption is that the, and, and it's a, a valid assumption, I shouldn't, I, maybe I shouldn't use the word assumption, it's it's real, is that uh, the difference between those two balances, between the October and November uh, accounts receivable balance, is the impact on cash because anybody who was going to, who should have paid you um, in uh, in November has paid and only, and and the unpaid customers are new customers that you've made new sales to, and so that difference is the only uh, amount that changes uh, the the cash balance. So conversely, if you buy from vendors on credit, then you have accounts payable, and the opposite is then true. So if you have uh, an account payable for, uh, November, again, let's say $10,000 in, in November and $8,000 in October, that difference, the $2,000 difference is how our cash has changed because we paid out a certain amount of money, uh, in October and we, uh, or I'm sorry, we paid out a certain amount of money in, in November for things we purchased in October and, but we purchased things in, uh, November that we are going to pay for in December, and that chi- d- that difference is the amount of actual change in cash flow based on paying our vendors. And so we look at this and we say, what is the 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 change in these various accounts? And there are quite a few uh, transactions that that are uh, included in the statement of cash flow, but you get the idea. It is the the change in the balance sheet account for these transactions that is typically has to be reflected on the statement of cash flow. And so as we go through that, you can you can look down the list of the things that's showing up in your statements of cash flow and tie those back to the changes in the balance sheet from, uh, in this example, October to November. And I hope that makes sense. If it doesn't, uh, or if you have questions, again, leave a comment in the comments section on uh, on the post uh, show notes, and we'll we'll uh, have a discussion about it. So I hope that gives you a pretty good idea of why the income statement isn't the best way to look at at uh, the cash performance of your business. There's certainly great value in the income statement, and I, I don't want to discount that, but uh, it's very important to understand exactly how cash is moving through your business, and uh, and the the income statement doesn't represent that. And obviously, as we look through the uh, balance sheet, the balance sheet doesn't represent that. The it only shows what specific balances are in, at a moment in time, so it doesn't show any flow at all. And so the ability to take that take those uh, uh, two reports and be able to reconcile them from a cash perspective so that you can have that better look that that uh, understanding of how cash is working in your in your business is critical and so what should you look at when you look at this now, we kind of understand what the what the statement of cash flows does and how it's built now but so now that we understand how the statement of cash flows is put together what should we review each month and this does not have to be a time-consuming review. You, you take the, the statement of cash flow and look at your operating activities, look at your investing activities, and look at your financing activities. And each of these, if in, in a perfect world, each of these is always going to have a positive number. So what, you're, what that means is uh, you're going to look through the operating activities. It's going to start with, a, with your net income line and it's going to show all of the adjustments down to what it, what it will say is something like net cash provided by operating activities. And that net cash number should be positive. That's what we would like. And in the investing activities, you're going to see the same thing. You're going to see a, uh, uh, what the adjustments were, and then a net cash provided by investing activities. and And yeah, financing activities, exactly the same thing. So don't um we we just want those to be positive and and financing and investing activities typically will be uh if they're on your statement of cash flow at all they should be positive if they're not you should talk to your accountant and and understand what is going on that uh is causing those numbers to be negative in the operating activities number uh there are uh there are certainly impacts where, if, for example, basically you could be profitable for, let's say, in in uh, November, we had a profit of ten ten thousand um, dollars. That that could be a positive number, and you could still have a negative impact on cash. And this is why the cash flow is so important. Let's say that you uh, uh, had, uh, let's say, you purchased a, that dump truck during. Uh, November, and but you still because because of the way we handle the purchase of a fixed asset, the cash went out, but it wasn't expensed all at once. Which means that the income statement doesn't show all of that expense at once. So you made ten thousand dollars of profit, but you spent fifty thousand dollars in cash on the dump truck, and. So you can look at that net cash number provided by operations and you will see that, uh, or in that case, probably under investing activities, but uh, those numbers will reflect the uh, cash going out of your business. Uh, Maybe a better example is um, if you had to buy a lot of inventory uh, to manufacture a product. Another example would be for... If you take your, let's say your accounts receivable uh, changed dramatically uh, during that month. And for example, you made a very big sale, which, but you're getting a net 30, uh, uh, you have a net 30 account with your customer. So they've taken delivery on, on a huge order, but they haven't paid you yet. So you've got the revenue which shows up in your income statement, but they haven't paid you so you don't have the cash so that the change in your accounts receivable on your balance sheet might be enough to create a negative number in your net cash provided by operating activities, depending on your business situation. So uh, it is very important to, to take a look at how that cash is, is changing and you can do that very easily on the statement of cash flow, just by looking at those net cash numbers for each of the three categories. Um, don't focus on the math. Uh, the Where each of these numbers comes from um, is not, I don't want to say it's not important, but it is not super critical to understand how to create a statement of cash flow as it is how to look at it and understand why... Uh, you know why I'm—I have a positive net income, but my cash keeps going down, and that's the—that's the, that's the key—is understanding what the impact of cash is through on a on a monthly basis uh, versus just looking at at profitability on the income statement and saying, "Well, I'm always profitable, but why can't I pay my rent?" And and so it's—that's uh, where the statement of cash flows really shines. And and so if you understand the purpose of it, uh, most accounting systems and any accounting system that I would recommend that you look at will have an automated statement of cash flow report and you don't have to create it yourself. Um, It's good to have a background and understand uh, the basics of where those numbers come from. But uh, like I said, it's it's not important that you be able to generate it uh, on your own. So take a look at your own financial statements, see how they work together, and see if you can tie the numbers from your statement of cash flow to the changes on the balance sheet and see how those relate to your income and to your net profit and, and the other uh, aspects of those, uh, of those reports. And you'll start to see how they all tie together. So a quick tip this week, uh, not only do we have a statement of cash flow? But in, uh, you know, in QuickBooks and in many other uh, accounting systems, you can also find a cash flow projection report. And this is a report that shows the cash balance over time after bills are paid and after customer receipts, meaning after customers pay you if uh, you have customers who are purchasing on credit. And it can show the balance in your checking account over time uh, as long as you're properly entering information, so the more information you put into your accounting system, the better you'll be able to use it to plan, manage, and grow your business. So that's huge. The reading room this week is a great book called The Willpower Instinct by Kelly McGonigal, and it, this book is worth reading on so many levels. Uh, I really liked how it talks about um, uh, staying. First of all, it takes it talks about the science of willpower. And we think of willpower a lot of times as just something that we can, we, we should have. We can, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of strength. And what, what they've found is that there's much more to willpower than simply being strong or weak. Uh, for example, you can have more willpower at some times of the day than other times of the day. Uh, we can have uh, willpower um, can be exhausted. So if we have, uh, a reservoir of willpower, you know, when we get to work at 8 a.m. in the morning, uh, by four, we might not be able to make, have the same level of commitment to, to a willpower decision as we would have at nine in the morning. And, uh, so they go through, you know, why willpower is almost a dynamic thing rather than a static, you know, Am I strong enough or not strong enough? Um, they also talk about how it can be, um, how it can be uh, exercised, how we can actually build additional willpower, and some of the ways to to uh, uh, recognize uh, where our willpower challenges are and what we can do about them. And why do I talk about willpower? Well, the 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 reason is that when we, as a small business owner we have a tremendous amount of of strains on our time. And understanding how we can get the most out of ourselves without uh, simply just pushing ourselves harder. Um, If we can find tools and and, uh, ideas, ways to find uh, more effective use of our time and being able to get the right things done, um, that can be supremely helpful in our business. So I highly recommend it um uh, it it is easy to read it's it is it does talk about the science behind uh willpower but it is not written scientifically so uh great book uh links will be in the show notes as well for that all right so we've talked about all three financial statements now and the statement of cash flow provides that critical connection between uh the net income that's shown on your income statement, and the changes in the accounts on your balance sheet that affect cash. And cash is one of the most critical resources in a small business, and if you're a small business owner, you already know that. And how it flows in and out can help, uh, can help you reduce the occurrence of a cash crunch or identify ways to improve the operation of your, of your business. The good news is that, as I mentioned, most accounting systems will have a statement of cash flows built in. So all you have to do is run it at the end of the month or look at it if your accountant is providing it and see uh, how it relates to your income statement and your balance sheet. Thanks for listening. The Up and to the Right podcast is released each Thursday, so subscribe on your favorite listening platform. Please help us help more small businesses by leaving a positive review wherever you've listened to the podcast. Like you, we're always trying to have more profound impact, so if there's something we can do better, please email at fix.it at b50p.com. That's b50p.com. For more helpful ways to improve the performance of your small business, please visit us at beyond50percent.com. Let's roll up our sleeves and get to work.